Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. Everybody ready to go? 1 Thessalonians 5. If you have your Bibles, if you'll flip there with me. Um, we're going to hustle. I always say that and then I don't, but um, hey, makes me feel better. Um, let me show you real quick. What Johnny just said, what Johnny just did, is written on the top of my paper. And so if you're here today and you felt the Lord pulling at your heart, um, he wants you to know that he loves you very much. And he longs to connect with you. If you would just lean into that and with the courage he'll give you, Find somebody you can talk to today that you would not leave here today. Amen. Still struggling, still wondering if you have a relationship with Jesus. He wants to settle that with you today, that he could lavish his love upon you more than you've ever experienced, more than you'll ever know, and connect with you. He wants to be your father, yes. the good father, the perfect father. So if that's you today, please, please, please catch one of us before you leave. And we would love to sit down and just uh, walk you through that, that you could engage and encounter the Father today. Um, you know, I remember so many times coming to a service and struggling because I knew something was missing in my life. Um, I had made a decision at 12 to accept Jesus. But we all make decisions, don't we? I made a decision almost every new year to lose weight, um, but didn't do real well with that one, did I? We make decisions, and we never have any intention of following through on it. And I'm afraid a lot of times that happens in church. In the spur of a moment, we make a decision to say yes to Jesus, but in our heart, we never meant to act on it. And so we come to service day after day after day, wondering if we're really connected to God, wondering if we really have a relationship with Him, wondering if this is real. Is this all there is? And if that's you today, please find one of us so we can pray with you. And we can get that question answered for you. Because he longs to connect to you and be a perfect father for you. So 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, uh, we're just going to do 16 and uh, 16 through 18. Okay, so it's a very short passage. But uh, it says this. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is Thanksgiving week, correct? Am I right? Yeah. All right. So I want us to think about it. 
This is a week we typically focus on being thankful. And so as we walk through this today, I want, to, I want you to think about what you're thankful for. Okay? Things that you're thankful for. And, uh, and then I, I, if I end up with time at the end, I want us to share some of those things. I want to tie them down in Scripture. So uh, I'll, we'll get there. But uh, first it says rejoice always. Paul says rejoice always. Now I have to confess, um, in doing my study, I came up with a word for rejoice. I was looking up the word for rejoice, and uh, it, it wasn't the right word. Um, and so I was talking with Tim this morning, and Tim and I have been going back and forth, and, and we found the right word. And, and I think Paul should have used this word that I found, but instead he used the other word. So, you know, if I ever get to talk to him, I'm going to tell him. Uh, that was the wrong word, Paul. He should have used the other word. Uh, the first word is, is the word that Paul used is a word that talks about like from your will rejoicing, you know, making a decision to rejoice, to be glad, to exalt, to, to be ha- not necessarily happy because happy is a feeling, but to rejoice and, and, and exalt, be excited always about your situation, about what God's doing in your life. Okay, we're going to, I'll tie that down in a minute. But the word that I got was another word, and as we were looking up this word, it, it's, it comes with the same root word, but, but the meaning means that you're almost, um, you almost explode with the, the feeling of rejoicing. Matter of fact, it, when I looked it up, it means to jump for joy. Leah? Um, <laughs> We were in the back, you know, you were worshiping and she was jumping. I was like, there it is right there. There's the word right there. Rejoice. Rejoice. To the point that you just can't control it. She's got to come out. Trace. Yeah. Uh, Ethan. Yeah. Okay. I was very encouraged just watching people jump today. Because that's that word. And he says, Rejoice. Always. Now, maybe you're sitting there today and you're going, well, you know, Mark, you don't know my situation. Well, the word also means uh, to be exceedingly glad, to leap, or to spring up. Maybe you say, you don't know my situation. You know, I got a lot going on. And life's pretty crappy for me right now. I understand that. Okay. Um. I'll be glad to loan you my shoes. <laughs> and you can come stand in my shoes for a little bit. Because <laughs> I, I, I can say that for the last three and a half years of my life, not been the most exciting, great time that I look back on. But I'll tell you this. I can rejoice always. Because it's not about my circumstances. It's about my God who stands far above my circumstances. Yeah. It's about my God that can take any circumstance and use it for far more than I could ever ask or imagine. Who can do far more. I don't care. Divorce, you lost a loved one, um, your bank account's on zero. um, Somebody name something, and I'm going to tell you. It's not about that. It's about keeping my gaze on a God who is greater than anything I'll ever face, who takes me by the right hand and walks me through every 
circumstance I encounter. Guys, you know what? We become so focused on our circumstances and it steals everything away from us to where we stand in church. We stand when we could rejoice. And I'm not saying everybody has to jump. I only have one leg that works, so I jump in the wrong way anyway. But um, it's been, yeah, thanks, Tim. We're buddies. Um, it, it's, it's from my insides out being able to stand and say, God, it's all about you. It's not about my circumstance. And my circumstances are about one thing. God writing his character in my heart. He's making me more like himself. And I can rejoice always in that. God, I want to be like you in every way. Rejoice always. No matter what your circumstances are, get your eyes off your circumstances and put your eyes on a God who is faithful in every way. A God who says, this is who I am. You feel like life's falling apart and God's forgotten you. And he says to you, I'm Roy I, the one who sees you under the tree, hiding, thinking nobody knows where you're at. I see you and I long to connect to you. Your finances on zero? He says, I'm your provider. I've never failed you yet, and I will not fail you. It's about his name. It's about who he is. It's about taking our eyes off of us and saying, God, I want to fix my gaze on you. I don't want it ever to come off. A.W. Tozer said, the most exciting thing is when we gaze at God and realize he's gazing back at us. Do you feel God's gaze on you today? Do you feel that he's watching you? His eyes are on you. He's attentive. He knows right where you're at. And he's more than enough. He's more than enough for what you need today. If you would just lean in and embrace him and what he has for you today. I love the passage that says, But thanks be to God who always... Always leads me in triumphal procession. Always lead me in triumphal procession. I got my gaze on the God who is victorious in everything. Nothing causes him to struggle or wring his hands. And he invites me to walk in his presence. You walking through fire right now? I was talking to a guy the other night and he was, he was just like, you know, I just feel like I'm in this time of just fire of everything come on. I was like yeah but you know what he's a God who's present even in the fire ask Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego God shows up in the fire feel like you're in the fire start rejoicing start jumping spring up get off your rear end spring up And start rejoicing. Start being glad. Not because your circumstances are tough. I understand that. I've struggled with it this week. Because I knew this was coming. 
And the Lord always says, well, before you say it, we're going to put it to test. Thank you, Lord. But what a God who leads me every day. You need, to be, you, need, you need motivation to rejoice. Let me read this for you. It says, the thing that awakens the deepest fountain of gratitude in a human being is that God has forgiven his sin. Paul never got away from this. And once you and I realize all that it costs God to forgive us, we will be held in a vice constrained by the love of God. Do you remember? Have you, you had to. You sang it. We sang it all morning. What it cost him to forgive my sin. And I don't care what my circumstances look like. If I'll run there and remember that I was not purchased with silver and gold, but with the precious blood, the precious life of Jesus, I don't have to struggle to rejoice. Because right there, I was given far more than what I deserved. Guys, we got to quit ho-humming around. And start rejoicing in what God has done in our life. And rejoicing in the God that we get to walk with. Then a world will look through our window and say, uh, can, where's the door? Can I get in? That's enough for me to know that he shed his blood. You know, I, one of the verses I've loved for so long is, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for me or for us that we might have or become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He made him sin. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a name on the back of his jersey that said sin or a badge that he wore. Him who knew no sin was made sin. Folks, let that sink into you and I. Freely took on sin. I can't imagine the weight and the grief to take on my sin so that I might have his righteousness and be presented before the Father righteous to be able to approach the throne of grace with confidence. If that doesn't motivate your heart, you're dead. Sorry. In one way or another, you're dead. If that don't put a smile on your face, those that are frowning at me right now, <laughs> then something's wrong. Okay? Rejoice always. Remember the price. Remember, think about, learn, bathe yourself, and learn the God that offers life to you, that offers the opportunity to walk with you, that offers the chance to hold you by the hand and walk you through every circumstance. Rejoice. Remember. Okay? Act of will. Excuse me. Act of will, but also something that wells up within us that we cannot control and we cannot keep quiet about. 
I found this illustration. I'll read it to you. Um, and I won't tie this thing. I'm going to move quickly after this, I promise. It says, this is written by a doctor. And he says, I stand by the bed where a young woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted and palsy, almost clownish. A tiny twig of the facial nerve, the one of the, the, one of the muscles of her mouth, has been severed. She will be like this from now on. The surgeon had to follow with religious fervor the curve of her flesh, and I promise he did that. Nevertheless, to remove the tumor from her cheek, he had to cut the little nerve. Her young husband is in the room, and he stands on the opposite side of the bed, and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, but private. Who are they, I ask myself, he and this wry mouth I have made, who gaze and touch each other so generously and greedily. Will my mouth always be like this, she asks. Yes, I say, it will be. It is because the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent. But the young man smiles and says, I kind of like it. He says, it's kind of cute. All at once, I know who he is. I understand and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in an encounter with the divine. Unmindful, he bends to kiss her crooked mouth. And I'm so close I can see that he twists his own lips to accommodate hers to show her that their kiss still works. Guys, I want you to know today that God bends his love. He forms his love for you and I to match my twisted life so that I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt his love works for me. And it matters not where you're at. He'll meet you in that place. That's the kind of God we get to walk with. He says, rejoice always because of the God that I am and I'm faithful. He says, pray continuously not to get answers. God's teaching me that prayer is not about answers. Prayer is about laying hold of God. Prayer is about a conversation that happens day in, day out, moment in, moment out. As I move through my life at the grocery store, um, at home, wherever I'm at, in the car when people cut me off. Um, it's about, yeah, because sometimes it's not, you know, my life's about worship. It's either good worship or bad worship. And sometimes bad worship happens in traffic for me. Um, but it's about praying continuously, continuously in a conversation. I'm not saying, you know, when, when you're cooking chicken on, on the stove, I'm not saying you're praying all through that, but I'm saying it's a conversation that happens all through the day. Every minute, I'm trying, I'm in a conversation with him. And when I learned to pray like that, my life changed. Because I'm in the grocery store, and I see people, or I listen to people you know, you want what's going on with people around you? Out of the mouth proceeds things of the heart. So you want to know where people's heart is? Listen to their mouth. They expose it. So God's teaching me that as I'm walking in relationships with people and through, through different places, I listen. And they're telling me about their heart. And I'm able in that conversation just to keep praying for them and praying for other things. 
It's entering that conversation that happens every day. Yes, it's important to draw aside in the daytime and where you're alone with God, but all day. Is he not present? He's present, with, lives inside me, right? Am I correct about that? Okay. So if he's present inside, can I not walk in that conversation with him throughout the whole day? It's not stepping in and out of his presence, but it's walking in his presence and conversing with him about everything through the day. Pray continuously. Talk to him. Small things, big things, weird things. You know? Things you struggle with. Guys, I promise you, God is not offended by the stench of my life. He understands. When I mess up, you know, he says I'm a fragrant aroma, but when I choose, because I'm a bonehead, and I choose to do something that's against what he wants me to do, and I'm coming and repent. He's not, he's not offended by that stench of my sin. He says, come. Come. With arms open, with, with willing to embrace me. I mean, if, if Seth back there, you know, if he did something wrong and I'm like, I, what dad would do that to his child? God ain't going to do that to me. He loves me. He longs to connect with me. He knows I'm going to mess up from time to time. I love First John that says, I've written these things that you will not sin, but if you do, you have one who goes to the Father on our behalf, Jesus, our advocate. Okay, back that up. I messed up. I messed up. And Jesus goes to the Father on my behalf as my advocate going, he's got my righteousness on him. Father, he's okay. I got him. I got him. God's got me. And God's telling me in these days as I pray that I need to quit focusing on me. I believe the church is being crippled because of our own. It's not a bad thing, guys. It's a good thing. It's just not the best thing. And the good thing that we focus on is our own spirituality. And we're putting so much effort into trying to be something that God's already made us to be. And so we turn inward. You know, Lord, please help me with this. And Lord, and and that's all we talk to the Lord about is us. And we're the most selfish people to walk the face of the earth because all we're concerned about is us. And the Lord's telling me, get your eyes off of you. I got you. And get your eyes on me and get your eyes on the people around you. You pray for them and I'll have them pray for you. Another change in my life is when I quit spending all my time praying for me and begin to learn that God has already got me. And he who began to work in me is faithful to complete until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's making me into, he's putting me through circumstances and writing this character in my heart. He's doing the work he promised to do. Because he, he is God. He does that. He don't fail. Yes. 
So he's making me into who he wants me to be. And I can trust him. And I can focus on other people. And start praying for other people. And start serving other people. See, when we focus on us, and that's all we care about, we don't notice the people around us. And so we miss their needs that God's wanting us to help meet. We, we miss the opportunity to pray for them and to stand in the gap for them, but we miss the opportunity to serve them. Wow. Wow. And we're thinking, yeah, but I'm focused on me. I mean, I'm trying to get right with God. Well, I commend you. But run to the Word and find out that He's got you. Okay? He's got you. And if He puts His thumb on something in your life repent run to him be obedient to what he told you to do and get your eyes back off of you and back onto somebody else instead of spending weeks trying to talk God into you know God do you, do you, do you, do you approve of me God am I okay if you're not he's going to tell you he's good about that because he gave us his spirit. And what did he say his spirit was going to do? Convict us of sin. And lead us into repentance. Pray. But get your eyes off of you and pray for others. Continuously. And watch what happens in this place. When we begin to stand in the gap for those around us. Those we're in the conversation with in the community. Those in our midst today that are struggling. Those that have come in today that are struggling, don't know where they're at with Jesus. Obviously, somebody's here today like that, or we wouldn't have all gotten that. God don't make mistakes. All right? So if you're here today with great joy, we're inviting you to come and embrace and be a part of that, a part of him, get connected to him. Get your eyes off of you. So he says, rejoice always, pray continuously, and in everything give thanks. Some translations say, in all circumstances, give thanks. I like, in everything, give thanks. That's what my Bible said. So we'll go with that today. Uh, The Greek says it too, so there it is. I know a little Greek. He lives around the corner with two kids. And there you go. I knew that was coming. Um, I hear so many people say, you know, what is the God's will for my life? You know, we spend an enormous amount of time trying to figure out God's will for our life. We have retreats. We have uh, conferences, books written. Probably fill up this room of books written that tell you how to find God's will. And I love this verse because it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will for you is today? Be thankful. Start there. Start there. He'll unfold the rest. 
Let's start there. Quit moping. Quit griping. I'm pointing at me. Quit complaining. And be thankful. When my wife and I had our second son, uh, Seth, the one in the back, uh, and I told him I was going to do this. Um, he wasn't doing well when we got him home. And uh, we had a pediatrician that was a believer. And so he, he kept working with us, went through all kinds of tests. And finally he said, we were living about two hours outside of Nashville. And he said, I, I found a doctor in Nashville that will see you. So um, I need you tomorrow morning to take him to Nashville to see this pulmonologist at Vandy. And so Whitney and I got in the car and uh, drove to Nashville, happened to drive through a tornado on the way there and didn't even know it. God's just good that way, you know. I just thought it was raining. Um, and then get there and then find out it was a tornado. What am I? So, um, but we get there and the, we'd carried uh, records from our pediatrician and we walk in a pulmonologist's office and she takes that x-ray and pops it up on that little screen and goes, not my problem. And she said, follow me. And so I was like, okay. So out the thing, we went around the corner and we walked into above the lobby cardiologist. And um, she, said, she said, just have a seat and I'll let them know you're here and, and I'll get the doctor to see you. And so we're sitting there and on the right side of us is a couple and their child's having a heart transplant. Left side of us is a couple sitting there and their child's having a heart transplant. And I'm going, this is not funny. So, long story short, come to find out, Seth had four heart defects when he was born. Um, holes so big in, in the chamber, the septum in his heart, that it was blowing both ways. And so he was already in heart failure to some degree. And so we went for an appointment and didn't go home. And so uh, two days later, he had open heart surgery at six weeks old. And um, they repaired those things. But when we were heading to surgery that morning... The Lord spoke very clearly to me, and he says, do not grumble, do not complain, but notice everything I provide. Wow. Be thankful. Wow. That's really good. So I carried my journal, and we began to write. And we wrote thing after thing after thing. Not only were we sent to Nashville by a believer, a, a Christian pediatrician, you know, those are hard to find. Not that all of them are bad. I'm just saying, I mean, one that would stay up at night and pray for my child and call every day about my child and find and make a doctor's appointment for me, for my child. Those are hard doctors to find. And um, so compelled that we were supposed to go that day. So we show up in the hospital, and the number one, the guy who invented pediatric cardiology or piloted pediatric cardiology was in the hospital. Yeah, just happened to be at Vandy that day. And the number one surgeon who he was training um, to do those surgeries on infants just happened to be in the hospital that day, and they were our doctors. <laughs> Yeah. Marched all the way through that. Um, God allowed us to walk with, there was a child in there that has a procedure called a Fontaine procedure. It's four different surgeries, heart surgeries over a period of time. 
He had made it through three, was on his fourth one, and he passed away. And God put us right by that mom and dad to be able to put our arms around them and love them through that experience they went through. It was thing after thing after thing. And every time I read this passage, I think of God saying to me, don't grumble, don't complain, but be thankful. That's my will for you. One of the popular theologians of today says the number one trait of a born-again believer is a thankful heart. And I'm afraid for a lot of us in the church today, we've let that be stolen from us. And we find ourselves complaining and griping and moaning and wondering if God's going to show up or not. I promise you, my God always shows up. I repent. Thank you. Me too. You say, Mark, you don't understand. Yeah, I do. This has been hell week for me with my daddy. Monday, he was biting, punching, throwing things, cussing. He has Alzheimer's. Got called out there four days this week. Wouldn't take his medicine. Had to go get him ice cream so he'd calm down and take his medicine. God, thank you that I have a daddy that I get to love in his last days. Yeah, I understand. Give thanks. Be thankful. I was purchased with great price. Be thankful. For this is my will for you in Christ Jesus. But folks, you got to be in Christ Jesus. And if you're here today and you're outside, please come and let us talk. The number one thing, most exciting thing about my life is to get to lead people to Jesus. Please, let me talk to you. Okay? God wants you to know that his love still works for you no matter where you're at. Feel like he's forgotten you. Feel like life has left you dirty. He's a God who cleanses. He's a God who creates in us a clean heart and a steadfast spirit. Feel like you're trapped in your situation. He's a God who makes a way. No matter where you're at, God wants to meet you there and lavish himself upon, upon you. If you'll just lean into it and find what he has for you today. All right? Guys, rejoice always. I wish we could go through worship again. Maybe all of us would jump this morning. 
Okay, overwhelmingly, let it well up within you. Go home and jump. Jump with your kids, jump with your wife. And, and find that, whatever it takes for you to remember the price. And let that change you and never forget that you would rejoice. Pray continuously because God wants you to lay hold of him. Not about answers. It's about laying hold and understanding the God who loves you so much. And then last, give thanks for that's God's will for you. And I promise you, it'll change you and it'll change our world. It'll change our church. Just quit griping, complaining. And find things to be thankful for. I can find something to be thankful for in everything. What an amazing God that can take my mistakes, my circumstances, and bring glory to his name. Amazing. Amazing. So let me pray. And then we're going to have a response time. As the Lord leads us. Father, we love you. And we thank you that... mm, You sent your son who from day one knew the price that he came to take the sins of the world upon himself and that he obediently and faithfully walked that journey and was made sin on my behalf that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That I might become the one with right standing, right living before a holy God through Jesus. Purchased with his blood, his life. Mm. Father, thank you that you love me that way. Father, I pray today that you would remind us of those things. In the deepest part of our life, and Father, you would uh, create in us a clean and new heart, a steadfast spirit that we would rejoice in the relationship we have and that we would rejoice and give thanks in all that you're doing. You are alive. You are working in us. You're in our midst right now, longing to do God's us things. If we'll just open our life and embrace that. So, Father, lead us in the next few minutes. Help us, give us courage to step out or to turn to the person next to us and uh, allow someone into our life that can encourage us and walk with us in the things that you're asking us. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for uh, drawing us to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, and if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening, and remember, the service begins now. I'm